everybody. Welcome to this podcast on connected and autonomous vehicles, driving change in the smart city in association with Cloudera and IBM Storage. I'm Graham Neal. I'm editor of Smart Cities World. From drones to AI-driven connected cars running on a wealth of data, CAVs is one of smart cities' most exciting areas and will form a key plank of innovation in the decade ahead. Joining me to discuss the world of CAVs is Michael Gare, Managing Director of Manufacturing and Automotive at Cloudera, and Douglas O'Flaherty, Global Ecosystem Leader at IBM Storage. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. Absolutely, happy to be here. Definitely so, my pleasure. Michael, to, to go to you first, I guess, hi. How would you characterize the connected and autonomous vehicle market in 2021? Well, Graham, you know, that's a great question. You know, I would characterize it as, you know, we are in the beginning of a journey, um, both from a connected and from, a, from an autonomous uh, vehicle perspective. You know, autonomous vehicles have, um, you know, there's been a lot of fanfare about it. And I think many people, you know, if you, go back a few years would have expected us to, to maybe be further along to actually have fully self-driving cars. Well, I think the reality is, is that that has proven to be more of a challenge than people anticipated and for good reason, right? I mean, this, these types of autonomous types of vehicles have to be fail safe. They have to work in any kind of condition. And when you think about that, you know, that is a huge liability for somebody to take on. The technology is getting better, but I think it's going to be, I think that's going to be, take a while. Also on the connected vehicle side, so not necessarily autonomous driving, but simply by having vehicles connected, I think we're also in relatively early days, right? I think there's a lot of great, you know, if you look at the first generation of connected vehicles, it was all about bringing entertainment, infotainment, um, Things like um, you know hooking up cars from a uh, emergency response perspective, and now we've moved on to some interesting monitoring types of application, traffic monitoring. But we really haven't got to the advanced machine learning use cases yet, where you get really uh, things like predictive maintenance. Uh, those are just starting to trickle in. So, I think both on the autonomous side and on the connected side. Um, we've made some meaningful progress, but there's plenty of progress to go. Oh, I think Mike is, is dead on in terms of the early days and how the autonomous vehicle is happening. But the rate of innovation and um, power that we're bringing to this is accelerating quickly. And we're seeing you know, a lot of silicon design, additional environments um, to be able to manage these complex edge cases. What I'm also intrigued about is how the technology that is, you know, so showcased in automotive is also going to go, go into other types of autonomous vehicles or mm. autonomous delivery environments. And so these connected and um, predictive maintenance around trams, uh, when we're talking about a city, when we're talking about uh, drones or delivery, uh, smaller delivery vehicles, that might be autonomous, that would be running in a different environment or more constricted. So therefore with less of that liability case that Mike had, we'll see that technology cascading into those much more rapidly than uh, we thought. But I agree that we are definitely in early days on the vehicle itself. That is a 
but I think it's going to be a while before we get to true autonomous vehicles. Michael, of the deployments that you're seeing that are out there at the moment, what are the ones that are really standing out for you? You know, from the connected side, the you know, I think the trucking industry has done some really interesting things in terms of building an end-to-end -end kind of um, application for their end user customers. And the end user customers in the trucking industry are fleet operators, right? Um, we've seen some great use cases in terms of at Navistar and at Mitsubishi Fuso, which is a division of Daimler Truck, which is actually providing fleet operators um, some exciting capabilities to monitor the condition of the trucks, to, mount, to monitor the performance of the trucks, to monitor the performance of the drivers. How are drivers, how is one driver um, performing versus the other in terms of how much time are they idle? Um, how much time are they actually being productive on the, uh, on the road? So, you know, these are use cases, and why I like these use cases and why they're exciting is because use cases like that, you know, the business benefit in terms of the capabilities that are provided, say, to the fleet, uh, fleet provider, or to, to the fleet operator, are very clear, right? It's uh, very easy to see, you know, we're improving the efficiency of our, of our drivers, of, of our routes, uh, um, implementing predictive maintenance types of use cases. So those are really exciting. The other, you know, one that we have to acknowledge, of course, is Tesla, um, you know, in terms of, I think, in terms of blurring that line between connected and, and, and collecting real-time data off the connected vehicle to make their autonomous capabilities better and better. So using that, 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 that data from fleets to actually improve things like uh, the autonomous driving capabilities I think that's really exciting as well. So um, just lots of great capabilities and everything from passenger cars to, to the running of fleets of trucks and beyond. Doug, I'd love to get your, love to get your perspective on that. Well, the fleet thing is a really excellent point, right? It's one thing to be talking about an individual, but it's another to be talking about the performance of a group of things. And that's where we will have to start seeing sort of next, next generation and leaps. Um, one of the things that came to mind as you were talking about that actually was a pilot we did with a, a city in terms of connecting more of their own infrastructure and being able to feed back into these autumn into the automotive environment or into uh, local transport so that you could get better feeds and um, better information for example a smart uh, traffic light being able to manage against those connected cars there's data coming off of them already today and could you start to predict um, traffic flows or patterns in advance and be able to respond to them? Um, so in the same way that your excellent example of the fleet automation around trucking, we can see this also coming back into these questions in these urban environments about how to automate um, some of the flows if you could get that same information. So you can improve the bottom line of the, of the truckers and the maintenance and efficiency but you can also improve uh, routing, for example, or even cooperatively do so. I think that's interesting, Doug, because the discussion, I guess, around connected and autonomous vehicles, it does go much wider than just the vehicle itself, I guess. I mean, with what we're learning at the moment, Michael, with the different types of deployment, we're 
where do you see the opportunities now? You know, you talked about uh, business efficiencies for one. Um, what other opportunities are out there? Well, I think the opportunity really is to be able to use these type, types of capabilities, as Doug said, in terms of broadening um, the use cases, both in terms of connected and, and in terms of autonomous, right? And, and not just in terms of passenger cars, in terms of trucks, in terms of mining vehicles, in terms of um, you know, making aircraft more, more effective as well. So the opportunities really are to scale out. And, you know, we'll talk in a second, how, you know, we think that, that there's technology platform capabilities that might accelerate that. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but I think really it's the scale out of the capabilities, um, you, know, be, you know, beyond, just the just beyond just the autonomous vehicles that uh, you know come to mind quickly to people. Uh, Doug, what are your thoughts on that? Well, what's interesting is I actually am going to actually pivot slightly to 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 talk about what you guys do and why it's so great that we're partnered together in some of these spaces. Um, when we start some of these projects, and you think about them as being you know an autonomous vehicle, how do I make a car run well? Um, and then you get into all the connectivity of it and looking across a fleet. Now what you're looking at is predictive analytics. I actually think there's some, some opportunities here for the way you guys are bringing AI um, and uh, digital learnings uh, through your experiences, plus max, et cetera, to these larger data lakes in order to extract information out of them. I don't think we've engaged yet with like some of the urban planners, some of the, the way the, um, all of the mechanics involved, all the, the pieces that are involved here. We've got more data than we ever knew what to do with, and it's because we're collecting it to solve the autonomous vehicle problem. But it does mean, as you've pointed out with the connected cars, we're pulling a lot more raw information in than before, and I'm not sure we quite know all we can do with it. Hey, Doug, I, I love that response because it gets into one of, one of the topics that I discuss all the time, right? To really be effective, and this is what I was alluding to earlier about, you know, um, how a technology platform can assist here. You know, the, the key thing we're trying to do, the key objective is to enable what, what I'm going to call the machine learning data lifecycle. And this is where um, the rubber meets the road, right? It's everything from, look, if you're, if you're training a car how to drive, you have to first collect data of that vehicle driving um, and um, you know, use that data to train those vehicles how to drive, right? So, you know, we're gonna put feet, we're gonna get real world data, we're gonna see, you know, how cars should respond, um, good or bad out. And we use that data um, to actually, you know, so we'll ingest the data, we'll store it, we'll put it through a machine learning lifecycle. Well, we have to verify those models. Um, through simulation, and then you have to deploy those models back out to back out to the vehicles themselves. It's there where I think the capabilities, are, the commercial, you know, the, 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 the capabilities of commercial software providers and, and, and open source software providers, I think, are really accelerating um, capabilities. So we move beyond the world where each, say, automotive OEMs developing their own machine learning 
platform and, and to, to master that, uh, that, that machine learning data lifecycle that I mentioned. And now we could bring something out of the box, kind of best in breed commercial, commercially. And this is where um, Cloudera and IBM working together, you know, we, we've had some great successes in this area. Um, the ability to bring these best of breed capabilities together and accelerate, um, you know, progress in this area. So Doug, Michael uh, said nicely that the uh, the technology is at the point where the, the rubber is hitting the road. Uh, let's look a little bit further down the line. What are your predictions for connected and autonomous vehicle technology, say, between the next five to 10 years? Well, it gets very interesting to me. Um, being somebody who's on the data side, I, I do stare a lot at what, what the data flows and how massive they are and um, enhancements of things like 5G rollout so that we could have much more connected environments. But we still have too much data. So we're going to be putting more smarts on the edge. We're going to have autonomous vehicles that store a certain amount of data and only alert when something unusual happens. So all that learning has to happen. Um, so from a data point of view, we're going to see intelligence moving to the edge because we can't afford to bring all that data in and, and using more of this machine learning lifecycle to filter out and, and determine what's most important. So that's my data prediction. But the part that personally I'm excited about why these are sort of fun to do is the organizational predictions. Um, what used to be very siloed and looking at different ways and collecting their own data we now have these massive data sets and how do we share them? Uh, what's, what else can we do with them? And especially as we give them to researchers and make it possible to anonymize data, because that's one of the big challenges, is how do you make this data accessible to others with, um, in a way that they could discover things that you never thought of or look across different organizations or different circumstances? To learn from it. So I think we're just scratching the surface on how this changes the way people move um, and the way cities get planned and the way we look at um, different environments. So that's that's my things that I'm excited about. Yeah, and Michael. just adding on, yeah, just adding on to that, Doug, I think that's exactly right. I think, you know, the thing that's really fascinating is that is how it morphs from being a connected vehicle or autonomous vehicle to those broader connected communities and the use cases that that will uh, enable, right? So, you know, you can envision the, the, the intersection of cars and the police department, right? For example, uh, and, and law enforcement where you could be driving a car and uh, you could get reporting, reporting based on your, your, your entering a high uh, you know, a high uh, risk area, for example, right? And along with that becomes like, how do you share the data across these different entities? And, um, you know, and, and uh, providing security and governance across all of that data, right? Make sure that only certain data sets are allowed to be extended to those connected communities. All of these things are, 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 are really issues we're just starting to gra grapple with in terms of how do you provide trusted data to these connected communities? I predict in the next five to 10 years, you're gonna to start to see much more definitions around um, the, 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 the data sharing types of um, rules and, and, and regulations across these different uh, entities. And, and I think you're gonna to start to see these types of connected community use cases explode.
I think that's a good point. It actually sums things up pretty well. I think the, uh, as you said, this move towards connected communities, moving beyond the vehicle almost is one of the most exciting things about this area. Um, that's all we have time for. I'd like to thank again, Michael Gare, Managing Director, Manufacturing and Automotive at Cloudera and Douglas O'Flaherty, Global Ecosystem Leader at IBM Storage for joining me today. Gentlemen, thank you.